0: Welcome to Season 5 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and genomic specialist. I invite you to sit back, grab your favorite beverage or cup of coffee, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am your host, Kara stewart Mullins. We're here on a beautiful, beautiful day in Austin, Texas. Hey, Dr. Stewart. Hey, Kara. How are you? I don't even go into a big spill anymore. We just get straight okay. to saying what's going on.
1: Oh, not much. Memorial Day weekend.
0: Right? So. I do have a question for you. What do you think about this butter coffee? Butter coffee? Uh-huh.
1: You're talking about...
0: Um, Is that the, for the ketogenic diet? Sure. And-
1: yeah, that's something that's been created a long time ago. Um, actually, it... Probably is a pretty good idea. It has MCT oil in it, right? Just coconut oil, basically, and has butter, but it's usually grass-fed organic butter.
0: Right, that's what I was reading like, about. Well, mm-hmm. since you're a coffee drinker, and, and it's and, actually
1: called the bulletproof coffee right recipe, and it it gives you energy. The thing about having oils in your diet, you get very satisfied, and so. Mm-hmm. If you're ever making smoothies or other things like that, putting a little MCT or coconut oil in there or something with a little bit of, like, almond butter or something, you will be much more satisfied. Sounds like a really sure. thick coffee. <laughs> like, it really isn't as much. Okay.
0: No. I mm-hmm. haven't tried it yet. I just wanted your your thoughts since you're the coffee connoisseur.
1: Well, yeah. It tastes pretty good. I mean, you can't really taste it. Oh, okay. It's just getting those nice oils in there so you get a little satisfaction.
0: Interesting. In yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I'd throw in a coffee question there like for you. Like your hat, by the way. Thank you. I have a pink hat on today. All right. Cabo on <laughs> Mexico. Viva <People> love Mexico. <laughs> I love Cabo. Yes. Anyways, okay. So 2014, our very, our second episode of Coffee with Dr. Stewart in sure. season one was on methylation. So methylation back then was like, oh, MTHFR, it's so hot. Oh, my gosh. If you have an MTHFR, we, we talked through it. People can still listen to that episode. I would listen to it this morning, and sure. I'm like... I don't know how much has changed. To be mm-hmm. honest, sure. I mean methylation is methylation, right? Absolutely. So let's just start. As always, I like to to start with you, just giving our de- the definition, because I this is four years later. What has changed? What is the well, definition still the same in your eyes?
1: Well, hopefully, um, what's changed is that methylation is not MTHFR only. Well, yeah. Okay. And so that's what everybody talks about in the MTHFR I have literally hundreds and hundreds of patients who don't have an MTHFR who have a major methylation problem mm-hmm. and that's because you know the, the, the conversion of all vitamins uh, into their forms that are absorbable in the different tissues um, requires several enzymes in order to be processed and so the thing is is that we have to understand that we've got to check all of those enzymes to get a good idea of how much effect is had on the patient. now. Methylation itself is very simple from a chemical standpoint. It's just the addition of a methyl group, and that's a carbon with three hydrogens. Okay. And basically it just changes the polarity of the, of the molecule, which means that it actually takes it and makes it a little bit more transportable. Um, through, and
0: you're talking about the vitamins itself.
1: Mm-hmm, through fat-soluble membranes. Okay. So the, the difference in methylfolate versus folate, folate's water-soluble. Methylfolate is a little bit water-soluble, a little bit fat-soluble. But what's happening truly in chemistry is that in, in regular folate transport, we use what's called an active folate transporter. Okay. But um, on the nervous system, on the immune cells, on the mitochondria, we use what's called a uh, reduced folate carrier, which means that in chemistry, adding a methyl group reduces the folate. And what that does is this changes its characteristics of where it can go and where it can't go.
0: Okay. Well, let's back up here because people that have, have never heard of methylation, mm-hmm. there's going to be people that listen to this. Sure. You know, methylation is responsible uh, for over 250 biochemical processes in the body.
1: The, the term methylation is about... You know, a lot of times we isolate it. Um, We methylate a lot of things. We can methylate everything from DNA all the way to vitamins. Okay. And so methylation is used for a whole lot of different things. The thing is, is that it does different things in different settings. And most of the time when people are talking about methylation deficiencies, what they're really talking about is vitamins. Okay. When people are talking about over-methylation or too much methylation, you're usually talking about DNA, you're talking about methyl groups and neurotransmitters. Okay. Okay. Well, so.
0: I wanted to point out, because for people that aren't familiar with methylation, you know, a methylation genetic weakness that we can find, you mm-hmm. know, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar, panic attacks, sleep problems, OCD, obsessive compulsive, yeah, defiance methyl- disorders. I mean... Yeah,
1: methylation doesn't cause those. But okay. so methylation can be involved in those situations. And how so? So what happens is uh, methylfolate in particular is used for almost 100 different reactions in a cell. Okay. okay. And what we're talking about here is called methyl tetrahydrofolate.
0: 5MTHF. Right.
1: And we and the L-isomer, so if you see an L in front of it, it just means leave rotatory which means left-handed, versus D, which is right-handed, and we use the L form in our body, and Correct. we can't use the D form. And so what happens is we use it for the production of dopamine indirectly. We use it for the production of serotonin indirectly. We use it for the Krebs cycle, which creates um, basically energy for the mitochondria. Okay. We use it for detoxification status, for the conversion of some of those enzymes. And we also use it typically for healing and health of the nervous system. So those are the main categories that we use L-methylfolate for.
0: When you say enzymes, are you talking about... The genes?
1: Yeah. Well, genes code for, so genes are DNA. Mm -hmm. And then what our cell does is it actually then creates RNA from the DNA. And the RNA goes out into the cytoplasm outside the nucleus of the cell. Okay. So DNA is inside the nucleus. If you ever know anything about cells. Okay. Yeah, which
0: you <laughs> well, do. we're talking to patients here. So <laughs> right, if I'm so lost, I might be, if you they go might back be to a biology, little biology,
1: If you go back to biology, we've got a nucleus and then we got this right. cytoplasm. Okay. And in the nucleus, we keep the DNA. Now, DNA is really unbelievable because really if we stretched it out um, in a single cell, we would have 200 yards of DNA inside of our nucleus. It's just folded on itself. Right. Of course, it's a strand that's microscopic. So it's folded on itself, but it's inside the cell. Now, what happens is you create RNA, and then RNA goes out into the cytoplasm and codes for a protein. Okay. okay. And that protein can be an enzyme. That protein can be a metabolic substrate. A protein can be anything to do with um, cell membrane, cell functions, uh, structure. And so you have to understand that this is all a balance. Now, here's the problem we can study DNA very easily because it stays the same. Right. RNA, which we'd love to study, <clears throat> breaks down really fast. And so trying to study it in a cell is really, really impossible unless we actually stall the cell okay. when we're trying to do something with it. And then studying proteins is another area that we're really interested in. It's called proteomics.
0: Okay, and so how does this relate to, <coughs> to enzymes and methylation that you were talking about?
1: Okay, so enzymes convert one thing to something else. Okay. And so creating uh, taking folic acid, which I tell people is kind of a water-soluble vitamin, the the difference in the nervous system is it's actually covered in fat. Mm -hmm. So water and oil don't mix very well. So typically we have to have a different carrier for methylfolate for the nervous system, for the mitochondria. Now, a conversion from folic acid to L-methylfolate requires four enzymes and five major steps. Okay. Okay. Genetic steps. And those are enzyme steps, not okay. genetic steps. Genetics code for the enzymes. Gotcha. So looking at the genetics, we can tell how good the enzyme works. Ah. So some people's enzymes work really well. Some people's enzymes work really crappy.
0: So there's an interruption in that.
1: that well, step not process. interruption because you wouldn't be alive if it was interrupted. Completely. But it would actually make it less efficient.
0: Okay. okay. Give us an example. So, like, like, take me, for instance.
1: Okay, so when we look at a genetic test of methylation for mm-hmm. folate, we look at the FOLR mutation, which actually tells us how efficiently we can transport folic acid into the cell. Okay, So when that doesn't work very well, we find high folic acid in the blood. Okay. Just because it can't even get into the right, cell. Right. Because we have
0: people that call and say, oh, my folic acid is Super over 20, high. and uh, I should not take the methylation product. No, that's but exactly wrong. That's exactly wrong.
1: Okay. And then we have the dihydrofolate reductase, mm-hmm. and then we have the MTHF D1. Okay. And that actually handles two steps. And then we finally get to the MTHFR that everybody's talking about. Right. Uh, I can tell you that I see deficiencies every single day in most of my patients in those first four enzymes. I have that, double sure. C677.
0: Seven, seven. That's well, an MTHFR. That's MTHFR. I have an but,
1: FOLR1. Yeah, and you also have a dihydrofolate and you have an MTHFD mutation.
0: That's wonderful. So by the time
1: you get to the <laughs> MTHFR, you're already screwed. Right, for lack of a better, that's a medical <laughs> term, by the way.
0: <laughs> Pardon,
1: Doctor Stewart. There, me, you're already in trouble.
0: <laughs> right, and that's okay. why I had so much trouble in my twenties. Like when I started getting older, my methylation well, need.
1: Actually, your methylation need was the most. You had way more trouble in your teenage years. Well,
0: that's true. Okay, because I was growing. You, you were needed growing more.
1: You way more, and so we created the bucket theory. Which mm-hmm. the bucket theory kind of takes all these complex processes and kind of puts it in perspective. So we use methylfolate first for energy. It it runs the CRIB cycle, which actually creates the energy for mitochondria. Okay. Okay. And the second one, we use it for growth hormones. Growth hormones do not make you grow. They were named wrong. They're called somatomedins. Okay. What they do is they deliver nutrition to your cells. So fats, proteins, cholesterols, minerals, all the things except sugar, which is delivered by the insulin pathway. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, the immune system, which typically gobbles up. And then lastly, we make dopamine and serotonin. So we make these four buckets and we show clinicians how to analyze the four buckets to kind of get an idea. So what we ultimately want is enough supply to do everything in our cell. The problem is if we don't have enough, our cell will shut off certain functions Mm -hmm. and it will only protect certain functions. Do you understand? And so if dopamine and serotonin are the last steps... For your brain. If you don't have enough, then you're going to have a child who's low in dopamine and low in serotonin or an adult who's low in dopamine and serotonin, and they have stuff like ADD and anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, and those are all the symptoms you were just listing. Right. Makes sense? Right. The sleep problems as well.
0: I had terrible sleep problems. So if we
1: pour in more, in essence, take a supplement of it, then what happens is we can turn those pathways back on and people get better from those types of situations.
0: Okay, let me get back to, you know, I've heard you you say in past lectures the percentage of people today that have
1: a methylation problem. Sure. What well, would you cult- think? It's cultural. I mean, certainly fair skin, fair eyed, Anglos, and Latinos have it a lot.
0: What would you say the percentage? Ooh. 70%? Well,
1: it depends on how you want to define it. Right. Okay, if they have. So I have never seen anybody with a perfect methylation profile. Ever. Well, never. But I'm skewed. I don't see healthy people. Right. Okay. So I see sick people.
0: But we see a lot of
1: genetic reports. We see a lot of genetic reports, even in some and some real reasonably healthy people. But I've still never seen a perfect one. Okay. Never.
0: So we're all mutated. Well, yeah, absolutely. Most
1: likely. Okay. No. Um, I'm sure there are people out there that are just never go to the doctor, or
0: and they're fine. And
1: they're fine, but. But the thing is, most of us have one of those mutations. Now, the problem is some of those mutations, like the MTHFR677, is much more severe. Mm -hmm. So as the FOLR2 or 1, those are much more severe than the other parts of the methylation process.
0: When you say severe, Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? Meaning
1: they they affect the outcome more. You produce less methylfolate with those two mutations.
0: So no matter what I put in, if I put high doses of methylfolate? No, if
1: you put high doses of folic acid. Oh, okay. Do you understand? So we have to convert the folic acid to methylfolate. So I would have in, a very hard time converting you that. You can't convert it because your enzymes can't convert it. So if enzymes can't convert it, what we do is we go past it mm-hmm. and we put in methylfolate.
0: Yeah, it always surprises me when I see a lot of supplement companies out, th- out there that still have folic acid sure. in their supplements. Well, even though the the uh, OBGYN, I mean, the PD, the, what is it, the pregnancy community has sure. said, do not take um folic acid with
1: your prenatal well the answer is they haven't said that at all
0: well they did in 2014 on a news report
1: beware beware but the answer is that they all prenatal vitamins have at least folic acid but now we're seeing more people where we identify that we need methylfolate instead right now folic acid is not toxic okay don't don't ever read that that it causes
0: cancer and high doses there are
1: stupid papers out there like that right so what happens if folic acid is high in the blood
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What that means is it's not getting into the cell, so the cell's not working right.
0: I always say the cell's starving.
1: That's correct, but it's high in the blood, so we correlated high folic acid with cancer.
0: But it really is because they didn't get the proper nutrition. They didn't
1: get the folic acid into the cell to make it function right.
0: See, that's a good, good so way this to say is it. So
1: this is where I say, did you know every car wreck I've ever seen has tires with it? <laughs> so if I'm correlating car wrecks, I will find that all car wrecks have tires. Therefore, if we build cars without tires... We will not have any more wrecks.
0: Right. Sounds silly.
1: Stupid. That's how stupid (laughs) your comment on folic acid sounded.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, on that comment, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Coffee with Dr. Stewart.
2: Have you recently heard the medical term methylation? Do you know what it could mean to you or your family's health? Methylation is responsible for over 250 processes in the body and without proper methylation, this could mean the difference between a healthy life or a life of not feeling well. At Neurobiologics, our core mission is to help people understand what methylation means to them and create products to support the methylation process. If you or someone you know has issues with memory, mood, fatigue, headaches, stomach issues, recovery from exercise, then take a few moments to visit our website, neurobiologics.com. View our video by leading physicians on methylation and what nutritional formulas may be right for you. Overcoming a methylation deficiency may not happen quickly, but it can be done. Neurobiologics, pharmaceutical-grade nutrition created by experts.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. We are here talking about methylation. It is so common right dr stewart the genetic yeah, absolutely. problem
1: mm-hmm.
0: so tell us you know everybody always asks what does dr stewart tell his patients when he finds mm-hmm. out they have a methylation problem sure. what do you tell them
1: well first of all if you when i'm listening to people they're telling me symptoms but i'm thinking chemistry okay okay so i'm not just thinking symptoms most doctors when they hear a symptom they're thinking medication for the symptom right what i'm thinking is what do i need to put into the body to overcome that symptom down at the foundation principle And so what we're doing when we suspect a methylation issue, we are hearing symptoms from the patient. I've got anxiety. I've got ADD. I've got, to me, it's dopamine insufficiency or serotonin insufficiency or fatigue, you see. Right. And what's happening, I just recognize that we have a problem with methylation. Now, methylation, the way I explain it to patients is very simple. You know, folic acid and B12 are water-soluble vitamins. The problem Mm -hmm. is the nervous system and immune system and your mitochondria, which are your batteries, are covered in fat. And they're required for every <clears> cell. And how good do oil and water mix? Not well. Okay, and so there's never been a bubba that's ever missed that question.
0: A bubba? Yeah,
1: a redneck. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I say that with affection because yeah. we've got, all got rednecks in our family. Okay? Right. At least me and Kara do. So. <laughs> anyway, so thing is, what we have to do, though, is we got to find out how good are you at converting your water-soluble form to the one that can actually get into your nervous system and immune system. Mm-hmm. And most people that I see who have those symptoms have a deficiency in it. Now, ultimately, I never like to guess, so we would always recommend that you get a genetic test. Okay, And that genetic test is really important because when we do genetic testing, we know for sure exactly what we're dealing with in the person individually, Right. not with all people with methylation. All people with methyla- with anxiety, some will have a way worse methylation problem than others. Okay. Some will have more inflammation than others. There's lots of things going on in all these symptoms. And so a genetic test always helps us. Now, if you can't afford a genetic test and you want to know very simply whether you have a methylation problem, you measure folic acid. In the blood. In the blood, in the plasma,
0: mm-hmm. okay?
1: And it will typically be um, greater than 15, and some, most of the time it's actually greater than the test measures, which yeah. means... All the folic acid is just floating around in the blood right. and not entering the cell.
0: What about B12? Is that the same concept with that? B12 with is
1: the blood the center, a similar concept, but in B12, the body has to absorb it and it has to use three major enzymes. One is called haptocorin or TCN1. It basically binds it in your saliva and your mouth, carries okay. it to the stomach. Then the stomach has to produce something called gastric intrinsic factor. And that binds the B12 there to make sure it tolerates the stomach okay. and then gets down. And then we have to transport it using TCN2, which is transcobalamin 2. And
0: these are all genes you're these talking about. These are all about.
1: genes and proteins. And what happens is that then takes it not only into the blood, but also transports it to the cell and delivers it. So if we have weaknesses in those, we can't take regular B12, mm-hmm. cobalamin, from food and transport it through our gut and absorb it very well.
0: Well, you used to always talk about, you know, methylfolate and B12, Sure. bioactive B12, of always course. together.
1: Well, they have to be together because one is oil and one is gas. Okay, okay, for the car. For the car. Right. And unless you're driving a, you know, unless you're driving a Tesla or something. So you need both to need both. function. Now, B12 is not quite as important to acute medicine, like acute changes. But it's ultimately important for health and tremendously important to your blood cells, to many enzymes in the body, mm-hmm. to, uh, the production of methionine, which then feeds the methylation of your all of your neurotransmitters, which are important. And, you know, it just has a lot of different uses in the body. So you always have to have both. Now, luckily, the folic acid enzymes are affected much more in genetic reports than the B12 enzymes as a whole. Right. But the thing is you're never going to know whether you're affected or not unless you check your genetics.
0: So, you know, we we make products with methyl mm-hmm. B12, sure. methyl folate, sure. you know, you make them for us. Sure. Um, we've got the methylation to complete the sublingual. Mm-hmm. Now that really makes sense with the B12 going sure. down through the saliva to the stomach. Right.
1: Um, you typically, we have another cofactor called pyridoxyl 5 phosphate. P5P. Mm-hmm. P5P, which is B6. Mm-hmm. And that one is not as methylated as the other ones, but it's a very specific form that you have to have in order to help these vitamins work too. Cofactors. Cofactors.
0: So tell me your thoughts around the Methylation Complete and our, our cream, the Methylation Pro, because well, you've got have, all those in there. What they have is every component. Every component for what? Methylation?
1: For all for all of these cofactors, they're all the B vitamin components. Okay. So when you look at pathways and and chemistry, you'll find out that one enzyme uses methylfolate, one enzyme uses methyl B12, one enzyme uses P5P. Mm. And so that's a whole chemi- chemistry discussion that we don't need to have, but basically... And the folate, and the, let's say the detoxification pathway is a great example. Right. The production of glutathione from methionine requires all three forms of those vitamins to be present. Okay. And so if we, if we're going to make a product, I love, I'm an all or, all or none guy. I might as well put everything in there. Now, there are really few people that can't tolerate this much of this or that. That's not really how we build it. The problem is I don't want to have to sell you three bottles when I can sell you one. Right. And we call that a compression model.
0: Right. Well, mm-hmm. it makes sense. I, sure. I don't want to put on three different creams well, no, that, not that. Different it's not that.
1: It's also a cost issue. Not it really is. Not only a hassle, but a cost.
0: Because these nutrients aren't cheap. No. Um, okay. Tell us, tell us, like what your what your process is, your protocol when you find out that somebody has a pretty severe methylation problem.
1: Well, typically, um, in the protocol, we used to think that you would methylate first. That was a bad mistake. Okay, if why? There's, if there's a, well, because if there's a lot of inflammation in the body, you've got to turn that inflammation down first. Okay, because when you put methylfolate back into the body, you're going to feed not only the immune system but the nervous system, the mitochondria. You're going to feed it all. So if you've got these immune cells already going crazy and you put extra gas in them, they'll go really crazy on you.
0: Oh, so someone has an immune...
1: So a lot of people said, oh, my gosh, I over-methylated. Yeah, you, you knew I was going to ask this, the
0: over-methylation that you can't uh, stand because it's not correct.
1: not in the form of methylfolate. Okay. Okay, now, over is a thing in DNA where you methylate too many strands, you know, too that's many That's a totally invasives. different topic. Completely different topic, but it's not a symptomatic thing.
0: Because people think, oh, my gosh, I took this methylation product and i felt and like our, crap yeah and i yeah. felt like crap well and... it's because
1: you didn't do everything in the right order so my, the... my my analogy for this is very simple okay when i was in college i wanted to make a spaghetti sauce i called mom mm-hmm. and i said give me the recipe and she gave me the recipe and, and i made good. it and it tasted terrible okay <laughs> why and so i called her back and i said mom that was the worst recipe i've ever seen she goes what did you do that's how i always make it and what we figured out is i didn't brown the onions and the garlic first Okay. So I just threw everything in the pot and it tasted crunchy and raw, sharp (laughs) and raw and nasty. Understand? Makes sense? So elegance, putting things in at the right time, you have to understand how to do this right. Because the way we approach nutritional medicine, there is an art to it too. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure we do everything at the right time and the right place. And so, just because you took methylfolate and felt bad does not mean that you're never going to be able to take methylfolate. It right. means you didn't follow the first step first.
0: Well, and also, we have different levels. We have a methylation starter, which is a lower sure, dose of sure. methylfolate and B12.
1: And, you know, the body does not like rapid changes.
0: Right. And you've always
1: said that. You can't drink out of a fire hose.
0: You can't drink three cups of coffee and never had coffee before.
1: No. Not fire hose. You just right. You can't get a sip out of a fire hose.
0: <laughs> no. Okay.
1: And that's kind of what some people's approach are. If some is good, then more is better.
0: So you have people out there that go to, you know, and get their genetic results, see the DNA results from, you mm-hmm. know, the companies that offer um, those kind of results to consumers. And they are looking at their MTHFR and all these genes for methylation. Sure. What would you advise them? I would
1: advise them to get professional help because right. you got to understand these things, whether it's a nutritionist, whether it's a... You know, a chiropractor, whether it's an MD, DO. Now, most MDs don't know nutrition very well.
0: They're coming around slowly with your help. But We had a lot of MDs at your last workshop.
1: It was good. So the thing is, you just need professional help because you need to understand the elegance. You don't want to dabble in this stuff.
0: And the way you're teaching a lot of the doctors is to look at the inflammation and try and hold, get that under control and then proper methylate. You have to. But if someone is having... a deficiency issue, it's not going to hurt them to take a methylation product if it
1: makes as them feel as better. As long as it's not too much.
0: And as long as it makes them feel good? Right. So what would you do if I someone um, was to get a methylation product like the Methylation Pro, they had kind of a negative effect to it, they don't have their genetic results, what would you tell them? Get a genetic test. Get a genetic test. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's the so thing is, you know, with nutritional, here, here's the other analogy. What I tell people about genetics is so simple. Let's say you're going to make a vegetable soup. Okay. You're a smart lady. You're going to go straight to your fridge. You're going to see what you have. So when you go to the store, you're only going to buy what you need. Right. Because doesn't it make you mad when you go to the store and you you skip the fridge and you buy everything and you come home and find out you already had carrots, you already had some celery, mm. and now you got too many of those? It makes you mad that you wasted your money on that. Right. And that's what genetics does. So genetics is not cheap. I mean, it's not ridiculous, but it's not no, cheap. No, it's,
0: it's very affordable. These but, days. It,
1: but it makes... It tells us what you need and more importantly it tells us what you don't need so that you're not wasting your money on stuff you don't need because if i don't have a genetic test i have to put you on everything because i don't know where the problem is.
0: right in regards to the inflammation let's just say somebody's really stubborn like i'm not going to get my genetics i don't want to know for the inflammatory part what what product would you recommend before
1: well typically what we will use is low-dose naltrexone pea now, Trexone's obviously. A what about immune
0: restore? Would that be one? No,
1: immune restore is really touchy because that can actually stimulate and calm. So there's some funny things going on there. But I would certainly use some hemp oil or other things like okay. that.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Anything else that that would um, be helpful for calming the inflammation down before they start to methylate? Some people,
1: you know, some people use fish oils, and some people. You really want to get rid of the source. They'll change their diet. Some people check for chronic infections to make sure right. they have yeast, et etc. I call that whack a mole. Okay,
0: because <laughs> you're trying to figure it out. Right.
1: The thing is you've got to really impact the source of the inflammation. And getting rid of the, the source meaning an infectious agent is a smart thing, but ultimately what happens with most of those people is that they have a, a weakness in their immune system, shut off system. So they right. can't really turn the inflammation down very well. So you have to go do it for them.
0: And you know, the one thing that's interesting when you finally kind of get the inflammation under control and you start a methylation product, I have people that say, oh, okay, I'm doing good, I'm methylating now, and then they stop, and then they come back a week later and go, oh, my gosh, I feel terrible, I should have never stopped that. Why is that?
1: Can you stop putting gas in your car? No, you can't. Where do you run out? So here's what I tell teenagers, and I love analogies, you can obviously tell. I'm like, what happens, you're going to be driving soon, we're going to forget to put gas in your car, and what's going (laughs) to happen? They're like, oh, you're going to run out of gas. I said, do you run out of gas in a good place or a bad place? (laughs) And they usually get it, some of them don't, but usually it's a bad place, Uh... a place you don't want to be, okay? (laughs) that's exactly what methylation is okay now there are certain times of your life you need it more obviously the teenage years up until about 23 to 25 you need a lot more methylation of methyl right. folate and methyl b12 and then after the age of 60 you need a whole lot more because oh. as we age we chew up more. You and don't more. want
0: to decline. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Dr. Stewart, thank you so much for your time today. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, please visit neurobiologics.com or you can listen to more episodes at coffee with doctor Thank you and everybody have a blessed day.
2: This show is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. Dr. Stewart serves as the chief science officer and lead formulator for neurobiologics and advises you to consult with your own medical professional on any information given during this programming. This information is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or medical condition.